brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to this podcast from KX93.5. We invite you to tune in for more great music and talk on our grassroots nonprofit radio station here in Laguna Beach, California. No matter where you are in the world, you can listen to our station at kx935.com or on our smartphone apps. Right now, here's Awakening Code Radio from KX93.5. You're listening to Awakening Code Radio. Mind-expanding, heart-opening, talking music to raise your vibration. Some people consider it the shifting of the ages. Others see it as a whole new paradigm for humanity. But whatever you want to call it, it's hard to deny that we are in a moment of immense change. A moment challenging us to wake up and live life more consciously. This is Eric Rankin. And I'm Michelle Anderson. And you're listening to Awakening Code Radio. Where the conversation is always about raising the vibration of love, compassion, happiness, forgiveness, stewardship, health, and peace. Thank you for joining the conversation. This is Deepak Chopra. Hi, I'm Marianne Williamson. Hi, this is Greg Braden. And you are listening to Awakening Code. Awakening Code. Awakening Code Radio. Smile, smile for me, little one, and this will be our year to 
Thank you for joining us on Awakening Code Radio. This is a little different because our studio is under construction. Happy New Year, Michelle. Happy New Year. <laughs> so the studio, we were uh, closed because of Christmas and New Year's. We're both on Tuesdays. We weren't going to do a show anyway. But then the remodel gone had gone a little longer than we thought. So we are now doing it remotely from my apartment. And I love how this went down. I I just want our listeners to know that Eric thought he was going to get four weeks off, a hiatus of four weeks. We had the two weeks, Christmas and New Year. And when we heard the studio was being remodeled and it wasn't complete yet, Eric thought, oh, well, we don't have to do a show. Guess what? (laughs) I think the universe is saying to us, we've been wanting to level up for a while and do something different. Maybe... um, do some things on camera, do more more podcasting where we can say hi to our listeners. And um, so this idea was born that Eric has a really cute little studio apartment. And I love that one of our guests tonight, Star, said, well, it is a studio. It is a studio apartment. So that's why we're here tonight in Eric's cozy little quaint studio apartment we had um, decided to do this show when we went to Ronnie, uh, Ronnie and Wendy Bevins from the Brotherhood of Eternal Love's book signing party, the Brotherhood Hashish book signing party, and we ran into some some local Laguna um, legends. Legends, exactly. <laughs> and so we invited them to be at our. We invited them to be at the studio um, when we didn't know this remodel was happening. So. We're very blessed that they were willing to be flexible, go with the flow, and come to your little studio apartment. Yep. And we were motivated by the uh, the party that Ron and Wendy Bevan had. There were so many people there. And what we got, well, at having conversation, there was close to 75, 80 people there. There were people that had been a part of Laguna's history, a big part of the psychedelics moving through the the summer of love 67 68 69 were being distributed out of laguna beach and a lot of people that lived here at the time stayed here or stayed connected to laguna stayed connected to the purpose the mission statement the consciousness raising what we talk about all the time on the show um they didn't leave the 60s behind and go become corporate you know shills somewhere they stayed in that vibe and we have two people with us uh, tonight, Craig Thorne and Star Shields, that are both artists living this Aquarian lifestyle. And I thought, you know, we talk about this elasticity of how people come in and out, but these two people have been living this vision for 50 years. And I just got really excited about that idea of 
people that have not lost and said, oh, yeah, that was me crazy back in the 60s that we're still living that way. It wasn't crazy. It made all the sense in the world to us, and we're still living that. So, Greg, we'll say hi to you first. And Greg Thorne is a fixture at the Sawdust Festival. Actually, both of our guests are, and we'll talk about what the Sawdust Festival is. But, Greg, um, when did you come to the Laguna Beach? Boy, as soon as I could drive, uh, good surf, hippie chicks, yeah, about (laughs) 66. 66. And how old were you? I was 16, do the math. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we were born in, we were born 50. in 60? Oh. 50. Oh, 50. That's right. You, you're 10 years older than I. You look, the, you look the same age as me, which is bad. <laughs> uh, good, for, good for you and bad for me or either, either one. Um, so you were drawn to Laguna. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. picked up on Laguna as an art vibe town. It always has been. Right. And were you doing art then? You know, yes, I'd always done art, but uh, I would have to credit the Sawdust, Bill Ogden, Diane Wright, uh, as being the the two key guys that really got me into wanting to have a career as an artist. I didn't realize, being in military school at that point, that you know, drawing naked hippie chicks coming out of the water with kelp on them was a career option. <laughs> but I, I said, I'm signing on. Where's the hippie card? I got my hippie card and uh, moved in town in 67 in the canyon. So Laguna Canyon is famous for that's where the Brotherhood lived. It was called Dodge City yeah. back back in the day. And, you know, we've done a couple of shows. Listener, if you are not familiar with the Orange Sunshine shows we've done or the Brotherhood of Eternal Love, go back to our podcast library and look for those because it is a fascinating part of not only Laguna's history, but truly world history. The cultural revolution that took place in people credit, you know, San Francisco and New York. But there was a third part of the of, of there was a triangle and Laguna was a huge part of this movement, this consciousness movement. People want to dismiss it, maybe calling it the hippie movement. Um, I don't, you know, think that that's dismissive at all. But the ideals, and you know, if you look at the Woodstock poster, it was called an Aquarian event. People were talking about this Aquarian age coming and thinking, let's start living that way. Let's think communally. Let's think of our brother and sister. All those songs, and we'll be playing some tonight of what that felt like moving out of the 50s and 60s, very much kind of uh, the American dream programming into the youth of the same time saying, there's got to be something more than this. There's got to be something more than just buying the new car, having the white picket fence. And that cultural revolution that started then, we still feel the vibrations of it. You know, it's kind of echoing back that we're now 50 years later. But I love that there are people that just said, no, this is the correct thing. We're going to live it. So... So why don't we introduce our other guest? Sure. Um, one of one of the things that one of the things we wanted to um, say we want to give a shout out to Ronnie and and uh, Wendy Bevins because he did say when he saw that we posted that you were going to be on the show, both of you. He said, "I'll be listening." Oh, nice. So so hey, we know hey, he's hey, Wendy. he's always always in our hearts. So Star Shields is here with us and. Star Shields is another fixture at the Sawdust Festival, amazing artist. And, you know, I'm so grateful, Star, that we've been able to get to know each other even better because I've always seen you at the Stardust Festival, but you're, you're a little bit mystic when I, when I, when I see you. So um, Star has really taken me on a trip 
back in time and showed me some really incredible articles in these Oracle magazines. And it's right along what we're talking about here, the, you know, being in the Aquarian age. So why don't you um, kind of set it up for us and let us know where, where you never left when we talk about never leaving that vibration and that feeling of being in the oneness. So why don't you give us a little bit of background on how you started there and how you came here, came forward, right? Uh, I'll try to be quick on this. This is a long story. We'll make it short. Uh, I was in the Army, got drafted, came back from Fort Benning, Georgia for two years. It was May of 1967, Wow! right in time for the summer of love. Like, and my dad said to me, oh, now you're out of the Army. Are you going to get a regular job get a, like everybody else, learn a trade, get, you get married, settle down? You know, I said, uh, no, I think I'm going to drop out for a couple months <laughs> to see how I like it. <laughs> because I, I, I got tired of, of authoritarian people telling me what to do and cut your hair and do this and do that. Yeah. Fortunately, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't in combat, but still, it was, like, it was a rough go. So I... I uh, my dad gave me 20 bucks, I was in the valley. I hitchhiked over to, to Laurel Canyon to the Oracle magazine in LA, which is down the, the street from the LA Free Press. And I walked in, they said, hey, uh, I showed them a, some of my drawings. They said, oh, uh, you want to be the artist in residence? I said, what's that? Well, we just need you to, uh, uh, to stay up in our loft and keep an eye on the place while we're not here. And can you do layout? Oh yeah, I do, I do paste up and layout. So I, I was immediately hired, but, but for no money, just for, Oracles, which I sold on the street in, in Sunset Strip and Love Inns and that whole scene. So I was part of the L.A. scene of the Oracle. But the Oracle originated in San Francisco with Alan Cohen. And um, after the L.A. Oracle was was over, a few of us stuck around and said, we, we're going to make a, a different, we're going to go a different direction. We want to go more into consciousness and, and awareness and, and more newer thinking. Mm -hmm. So we started the Aquarian Oracle. And then we only made like 5,000 copies. And, and one of those copies, that copy I came down to Laguna Beach to the, to the uh, Mystic Arts with a big stack of oracles and sold them there. They bought them up. And then a, a, a few months later, I, I got invited to come down to help put on the, the big uh, infamous Laguna's Woodstock or the Christmas festival, we call it, Winter, winter Festival. I was one of the main people doing that. Christmas Day, 1970? 1970, right. Mm -hmm. Where orange sunshine was dropped from helicopters? It was. <laughs> I volunteered. Yeah, we, I mean, that, that, uh, that's a whole story in itself. It's a, it's yeah. a whole other deal to, to talk mm -hmm. about all the things that happened at that, at that event. Just amazing stuff happened. Oh, and I, I kind of been in Laguna most of the time after that, since then. But like, then right after that, uh, I got in, into the, the, my, well, my airbrush clothing. We formed the Rainbow Kids in Laguna Canyon. I had the Rainbow House, and that was an, a whole no, another adventure. It was look, look uh, there was just three of us involved there. But then after that, that disbanded. Uh, we formed Rainbow Island, which, which with a bunch of people, and made actually made a nonprofit church because we, we didn't want to pay taxes for a war effort, so we figured out we could be nonprofit and, and we could still sell our shirts, but in order to buy a shirt for Rainbow Island, you had to become a member. Mm -hmm. So we call them religious vestments. And we did quite well with, for a number of years. We, we got a big donation from a guy and, and we just basically threw parties and, get, and gave stuff away and, and 
thought we're gonna this is this, this is our new lifestyle. We're, we got backing forever, and we're just gonna keep it going. Mm. How naive I was right at that time, but <laughs> what a dream! Well, and that's kind of the beauty that we learned from the Brotherhood people, that right. they, their motivation was not, you know, when we think of maybe selling psychedelics or illegal substances, a lot of the substances that were illegal then are becoming legal 50 years later now. Marijuana is on its way to becoming legal probably in all states. And even in the, uh, you know, the psilocybin mushrooms and things are now, I just read an article in a newspaper uh, use in psychoanalysis and different things. I mean, we're, we're seeing the mainstreaming of it. But the point I was getting to is back then, it wasn't anybody's motivation. We're doing this to make tons of money and live like uh, Scarface in mansions. It was people that were truly thinking they were opening up, uh, you know, people's minds uh, to a different a different vision of what life is. I mean, right. it was like a holy mission almost. And, you know, that I love when we talked with the Brotherhood, and I know, Michelle, that, you know, when we heard this and saw it in the movie, Orange Sunshine, that truly they felt they were on a holy mission. It wasn't about the money. They reinvested the money they made. It was about turning the world on to a message of love, com- kindness, compassion. And that's why we're even having this conversation now is remembering remembering the truth of who we really are and why we're on this planet. It's a gift to us. And I know I said that in our in our other um, conversation, but I I think that we I want to start the year off 2019 with our listeners really, really coming into that knowing of of what true oneness feels like. And, And we are we're we're feeling our family come back together. That's why these shows mean so much to me. I cried on every other show that we did because I feel like what we're doing is we're setting a precedent to help people understand how important it is to the survival of our race, our species, for us to realize our oneness. And that's why I have such deep respect for, for all of you that stayed in the vibration. I wasn't a child of the 60s really I mean I was born in 63 but I wasn't a teenager then and I feel like I I missed I always said I was born at the wrong time what happened you know but now it's coming back so now I feel like I finally feel like I fit in, you know, that it's it's come back around. I think Greg has something he wanted to Well, say. before we do that, speaking of coming back, we're going to play a lot of music tonight that is thematic for the, the time. I mean, these, these songs that had a message to say. We're going to start off with this one. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Awakening Code Radio. Said I'm going 
Jonathan Goldman, and you are listening to Awakening Code Radio. And we're back. So, you know, it's been such a conversation that we've had. And we call our show Conversation to Raise the Vibration. And we want to make sure that you know, listener, that we have a library of close to 300 podcasts that you can find either on iTunes or through kx935.com. Go to their website, look for Awakening Code Radio. You can Google search Awakening Code Radio, like us on Facebook, follow us any way you can, tell your friends about us. We love sharing this conversation. We never want to think that we're preaching to you. We want to uh, live the mission, what we call our show, Conversation to Raise the Vibration, and bring you into that and just feel like we're having that conversation with you. So, Greg, while we were you know, before the song there, it sounded like you had something that you just kind of wanted to chime in a little bit of what was happening then in 67, not just with the Brotherhood, but here in Laguna? Well, it's, it's hard to disassociate what was going on in Laguna w- without mentioning the Brotherhood, who I, I know that I can speak for myself. I owe so much to their purity of purpose, how their endeavors made me a better human being, how they changed the arc of my life towards a more peaceful, holistic self-realization. They made all the difference in the world to me, and I just want to tell them I love them all, and I appreciate how they suffered for me to get me to the place that I'm able to be at, where I feel very vital and effective and and in the moment and uh, a world citizen. So many things I could go on and on for hours about them and what they all did 
for me, and if I may say for my friends, we, it it really mattered in our life, and I appreciate it. Did you know them personally at the time? Not really. I'd see them at all the concerts, and I'd get hit in the head with things from helicopters on Christmas Day, and <laughs> I I took you know their advice literally, physically, and it helped. And uh, I did not know them personally. But I recognized them from where they were always there, handing things out for free, giving energy away for free, which has been the model of my life. I don't have a career. I have an energy exchange that I get to share in with kids and with people. And they taught me that inadvertently in their own, in their own beautiful way. And I, my life is colored and and made beautiful by them and i really want to thank them for that i really do from the bottom of my heart that's awesome i mean that's a beautiful statement and listener i'm sure you can just tap into the vibe of what these our two guests here are living and what that sounds like when it never went away i've talked to so many people i mean michelle and i you and i are close in age and there's so many people that look back and you go through their photo albums like oh look at me look at look at me going through that phase and we all do that but we're we're talking about people who understood that this was a significant phase that was not just a fad or a trend or the happy face stickers or the flower power it was something much more potentially lasting than that something to invest your life and your philosophy around and these two guests did that and you know, just kudos to both of you, Star and Greg, that living that vision. I mean, I hope I do that. I feel like I'm on my life path. When the opportunity for this show came up six years ago, I go, it's another step in my path of wanting to live in that flow. I mean, wanting to share an important conversation that we don't have often enough. And I call it building the pyramid that people build their pyramid of putting out the fires first and then stuff they can buy and worrying about their money. And if there's any time and energy left, they'll think about their spiritual life. They'll think about what matters. They'll think about their purpose. And in reality, the invitation is to build your pyramid upside down and think of how you live in service first how you think of your community, the, the way you live on your planet first, and then build from there. And the last thing is the stuff you buy. You know, the, the, it, do you need the new car? Do you need the bigger house? Do you need stuff? Nothing wrong with those things, but build your pyramid, you know, get your priorities straight. Well, I'd also like to acknowledge, Eric says for our two guests here, because we do have Star Shields and Greg Thorne, but there's also another guest here, and this is, Greg's lovely lady, and and I, I I don't want you to sit beside him silent because this is the year that I see a lot of women are stepping into their purpose and their mission. So we want to bring you on the air and say hello. Tell us your name. Hi, my name is Kaylani. Is that a Hawaiian? Um, it actually it is. Um, I was living in Hawaii for a little bit. Okay. And how did you meet Greg? Is that something new or you've known him for a while? Um, I've known Greg from afar for a really long time. Um, since I was a little girl, I would go to the Sawdust Festival. Um, not that at that time I was like <laughs> looking at him. From Greg, 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 let's let's put things in context. If you're not seeing video, Greg is an imposing uh, man. He walks around the Sawdust Festival. How tall are you? You're six something. 
six yeah six three six three big long hair he looks like sort of picture Braveheart, w- Braveheart William Wallace yeah, there's and no illegality in our relationship that's good to know I want to establish and, and he wears a kilt I mean, he, he, when he moves through the Sawdust Festival, he's almost like the paid character. Like, are you? And he's got a sword or something. He's like, oh, he just must be like Mickey Mouse walking around. And he's not. He's, he's just this guy that Goofy. is this imposing force. Um, Elena was a huge fan or is a huge fan of your jewelry and bought many pieces from you. And that's what you do now is primarily jewelry. So let's maybe just talk a little bit about what you've done at the Sawdust Festival and how that started. And Because the Sawdust Festival is, is another one of those things that started in about that same era and continues on today and has that vibe. I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, evolved some, but has that vibe very similar, I think, to probably how it started in the 60s. Well, you know, it's a, when I walked in that place... I was carrying my guitar, and we started playing music. That's how I started there. I wasn't an artist. I was a you know wannabe rock and roller, and that's how I started there. Star was already a fully developed artist there, and I was just this guy looking for quarters and kisses from hippie girls if, if it was a good song. And um, so that's how I started. It, it took me in 1969 moving in with... Uh, the Navajo people and Pueblo people out in Arizona to um, create the artist in me, really. And so I eventually brought that back to the show, you know, although I'm still willing to play rock and roll, so give me a quarter. So Laguna is kind of your jumping off point. You landed here um, and saw this culture, I mean, exploding. I, I was coming here with my parents, but I was only seven, eight, nine. You were 17, 18, 19. Exactly. You were the age. You were the hippies. We were tripping over, sleeping on the sidewalks in their sleeping bags. Pretty much. No, you'd trip over me if you're going out to get some good waves at 10th Street. I'd be laying on the beach exhausted from having had five hours of them earlier. Nice. Yeah. So you were a surfer guy, but totally. but but attracted to this movement taking place that was based on love and you know kindness compassion it was something different and mass that's the big thing about it i mean there have been people living all over the world that are let's say living this aquarian ideal but what happened in the 60s the summer of love 67 68 69 and now we're celebrating the 50 50th year of 69 woodstock year that and which was called the aquarian event we saw the movement take over the country. And then that's why we're talking about it now. It was a huge shift in human consciousness. And it sounds like it was a personal shift in yours. It, it was. I mean, I remember going to the first love-in in, in uh, O'Neill Park. And it was finally a culture that we were going to create for ourselves. It wasn't going to be handed down to us. It wasn't going to be pre-established. It was something that we, digging into our deeply into our hearts, were going to establish for ourselves. That's liberation. That's what I, I wish for this generation of young people now, is that they, they, they search their souls and come up with their beauty and their reality like we did um i could tell them what to do they can do that themselves but i i want to see that level of interaction and and spiritual uh grasp 
grasping that we had that was so wonderful and so well expressed in our artwork, in our music. The music that we listened to always held the mirror up to your soul and said, how are you doing? How are you progressing? What could you learn? I mean, I'm thankful. Yeah, I mean, I learned of the goddesses from Joni Mitchell and Isis. <laughs> um, those are important things for men to do, to have that balance. And the Aquarian age that we were part of was more balanced. We made friends with Native Americans. We didn't try to steal their land. We went out and lived with them and learned from them and tried to bring back the wisdoms that we found with them to our fellow brothers and sisters. And that's a term, brothers and sisters are just two words, but we really made them stand for something. Um, we really did. And that's the beautiful part of, of living in Orange County in this wonderful, <laughs> strange, conservative town. We kind of blew the cover off that. Mm -hmm. it, 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 we're, we're in the vortex right now. When you talk about that, it just lights me up to hear you language it that way and know that we're, we're back at this, the precipice of this time where it's make it or break it. You know, and it feels like earlier Star and I were talking about, you know, in the 60s, if we look at it, it, it maybe in a spiral, the how it's come back around, we, we might have been um, focused a little bit, you know, sex and drugs and rock and roll back then. Woohoo, free love movement. And it feels like consciousness has come to a place where we realize it's good to balance all of our chakras, not just our lower chakras. But Shakti energy is a creational energy that's so important to the planet right now. It's that nurturing, loving, receptive, intuitive energy that knows that we're all one and that, that we're only going to make this great shift of the ages if we embrace that and we embody it and those ideals and those principles that you're talking about that never left some of you in this canyon are now here again coming back around but this time i feel like this is the time that we have to get it right so star you you had i'd love for you want you ready for another music break ooh we get another song. What, which song are we going to pick now? Uh, this one here. I can hear it coming in. I love this song. This is a good one. Thank you for listening to Awakening Code Radio. Oh, woo! Yeah, we'll be right back. With a pink hotel, a boutique, and a swinging hot spot. Don't it always seem to go? That you don't know what you've got till it's gone. It tastes paradise, put up a parking lot. They took all the trees, put them in a tree museum. And they charged the people a dollar and a half just to see them. Seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. They pay paradise, put up a parking lot. Hey, farmer, farmer, put away the DDT now. Give me spots on the apples, or leave me the birds and the bees. Please, 
go That you don't know what you've got till it's gone The day paradise, put up a parking lot Late last night, I heard the screen door slam And a big yellow taxi took away my old man That you don't know what you've got till it's gone We pay paradise, put up a parking lot I said, don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you've got till it's gone We pay paradise, put up a parking lot We pay paradise, put up a parking lot Hey, this is Cora Flora, and you're listening to Awakening Code Radio. Thank you for being you and loving music. Welcome back to Awakening Code Radio on KX93.5. Thank you so much to all of our Awakening Code Radio fans. We've noticed that Facebook has done something new. They're actually... um, awarding badges to our top fans and so uh, before before we did this show we noticed we had 22 new top fans and I just wanted to give shout outs the first name I saw was Ronnie Ronnie Barry who he goes it's Ronnie Bevan but he goes by Ronnie Barry on Facebook in case you want to know but thank you to Wendy Muret and Sonny Levy and Deba Fala Nick Cohen There's all sorts of names here, but one of the things that I saw was we have listeners from around the world. There's people in Alaska, in New Zealand, Teresa Vincent from New Zealand, and Lisa Chernoff from Virginia. I've noticed that she's spending a lot of time on um, Elizabeth April's podcast and, and dialoguing there, and our dear friend Susie Holt. She's one of our top fans as well, and will be coming with me this Thursday to the Star Knowledge Nazca Lines Peace Summit in Blythe. So um, when we call them Nazca Lines, they're the North American Nazca Lines. So that's where I will be this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the 11th, 12th, and 13th out in Blythe at a Peace Summit. Um, So we just wanted to give shout outs. And I also wanted to say thank you to Kimberly F., our um, amazing admin Colleen, who's helping make this program what it is. I know. Let's give her a round of applause. Yes. (laughs) She, she, we wouldn't be on air if it wasn't for Colleen. And Colleen works really hard behind the scenes. And it's so great that we get to acknowledge her now. She uh, posted on Facebook that Kimberly F., uh, one of our listeners, said that she was listening to one of our shows and she wanted to share a song, Nako and Medicine for the People's song, Aloha Keakua, which we have played on the show before. So thank you, Kimberly F. We, we really appreciate that. And now I want to get back to Star Shields here. Star, here. Y- you, you and this Oracle magazine, give us a little more background about the Oracle magazine. And I know that there's a great quote that you want to read from it, your mission statement and what this magazine was all about and how it's carrying forward. All right. Well, the Oracle kind of evolved uh, from a, a, it's a psychedelic uh, art, always art and poetry always positive. We always stayed, uh, talked about positive things. We didn't talk, dig up any dirt about people or, or get political. We were very not political. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I wasn't. Uh, I got into the Los Angeles Oracle, and uh, I did layouts and some artwork for them. And and uh, when that ended, a few of us decided uh, we want to go a different direction, but keep the still the Oracle name. So we came up with the Aquarian Oracle, which is a national newspaper of the Aquarian age. And this was like in 1970, before I came to Laguna. Right about the same year, I, I, after the Oracle came out, I came to Laguna. And uh, our mission statement, this is in 1970, our mission statement was it very much rings about what's happening right now today, like 40 years later. The New Age, the Aquarian Age, is underway. Millions of young people and not so young people have, during the past 10 years, and now it's the past 40 or 50 years, experienced uh, an upstepping of consciousness amounting to spiritual enlightenment. They have arrived at the certainty that life on earth will be significantly improved, not by adjusting externals, as both the establishment and the anti-establishment would have us believe, but by increasing the awareness by all men and women who are who we really are. They know that for men and women living from this awareness, the world's difficulties, grave as they are, cease to be a problems and become projects that will ultimately yield to unshakable love. I love that. The changing the idea of the world's problems becoming projects is is a big theme i think for uh, for all of us and i'm encouraging anybody who's listening to to really consider 2019 being the year to embrace your projects whether it be whether it be have something to do with the environment or something to do with our food sourcing um energy, <laughs> uh, water, there's all sorts of projects that we can wrap our, our love into and put our love into it. I don't like to call myself an activist. I like to think of myself as somebody who's a citizen that wants the best thing for our planet and for our brothers and sisters and that we're all brothers and sisters under the same sun. And when we realize that we are this one big happy family, we can unite and come together. When we see what's happening in the news and see how divided our nation has become, it's up to each one of us to change that. And and this is the year to jump in. So thank you for reading that. I, it, it, it really goes to show that this movement started back then. It didn't have to end. It, we can keep it going. And I think... Now is the time that so many people are wrapping their hearts around where are we going as a species? What can we do? And sitting on the sidelines is not going to get the job done. And uh, I loved in the mission statement that even though it was just one paragraph, Mm -hmm. the significance of not looking outside, not looking for the externals to change and other pieces and dominoes to fall into place. We have gotten it feels like collectively we are pointing the the fingers 
at all the externalities. You know, when that gets fixed and when the government does this and when the president does that and everything else, we're, we've hyper-projected into the externalities. But in that right. mission statement, it said it doesn't happen that way. And this is a point that we drive home constantly on the show is this is an inside job. When you're talking about expanding awareness, raising consciousness, it has to happen within you first. That's, correct. That's the only way it really does happen, that you take all the mirrors and lenses and bring them back to you first, where you're at peace, you're living your calm, you're living in service, and you worry less and less and less, are other people doing it the way I think they should be doing it? Because as soon as you judge that, you're back into externality mode. And Greg, you want to just throw in anything into that? Yeah. Um, the Brotherhood helped um, us, myself especially, break down walls. They, with orange sunshine, helped me dissolve a lot of the walls that separated me from other peoples, other cultures. They enabled me to just be a human being and a world citizen. Mm. Um, and to have a spiritual communality with these people. And I, I'm thinking back, suddenly I'm remembering uh, Ronnie Pringle, everybody knows Ronnie and Ashley. Well, I was lucky enough uh, to be asked to marry them at the Hotel Laguna. And I said, Ronnie, uh, Ashley, what's the theme of your wedding? What do you want me to speak about? And they said, well, we want you to speak about be the change that you expect to see in the world. You, individuals, young people out there, you be that change. Don't wait for something to happen. Don't expect a program. Don't expect anything else to happen unless you change your heart. It, the world responds to the energy and the, the things that you ask for. Uh, it, it will give you what you ask for, so you make sure to ask for the right things. You make sure to be the example and the change that you expect to see everywhere else, quote-unquote, externally. That doesn't exist, but nonetheless, be that change. And it only makes sense when we talk about the word resonance, which is plays we've had guests like Nassim Harriman on the show. He's the, running the Resonance Project, and people vibe with that message. But what resonance is, is you start the vibration and people ready to respond. They already have that in them, but it needs to be triggered in them. So a lot of people have that love response they have the service response they have the forgiveness response but sometimes it has to vibrate outside of them first for to vibrate within them so listener i want you to feel how important it is to be the the primary vibration to live that purpose knowing that people around you want to vibrate that way but you might be the catalyst you might be the thing that sets that in the way resonance works a tuning fork if you strike one, but if the other one was made to, to play that same exact tone, it will start vibrating on its own sympathetically. That happens with people. Isn't that mm. called entrainment, too? It, it is. I, I, I mean, feel like we are entraining to that vibration. Yeah. That once, when, when we're emitting that vibration, others around us are feeling that vibration and they entrain to it. And therefore, that vibration becomes their vibration. And we're all in this together. That's the, the key point, is that we are all in this together. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that we're, um, 
We have something else that w- wants to be re- read. Is sure. While right? we're talking about the oracle, let's go ahead and read that second uh, piece that you wanted yes, to read. I mean, what you're just saying is exactly right. I, I'm going to read this, uh, uh, the second part of it first because that's that's relevant to what you were saying. We ta- you were talking about a more harmonious, luminous, and ecstatic way of living on this earth than ever yet we have dreamed. I'll start at the beginning. The purpose of an oracle is to speak to the people beyond words, to ignite their inner fires, to awaken all wavefronts of creativity, consciousness, and compassion planet-wide, coalescing a transcendental new constellation of global citizenry above and beyond all distinctions of borders, economies, and ideologies in order to achieve the more harmonious, luminous, exact way of living. It is time to repurpose humanity. Let the arts fling open the doors of the heart. Declare a holy, synergetic, co-creative alliance with the universe, the earth, and each other. Are you in? It's funny. I just wrote a Facebook post that that asked, I said that, I'm in, who's with me? And a lot of people responded to it. I didn't expect, I was just writing it because I felt like, we're here, it's 2019, let's do something. Who's with me? We're going to do this together. That's exactly what that's saying. When was that written? That This is the newer one? Is this, this the newer one? Uh, 2014, the, uh, the uh, Oracle Odyssey, which is a second issue of, of, of the revival. <laughs> uh, and by the way, this is a quote from Kim Hicks, is, is the Oracle Cosmic Ranger. He's one of my people on, on the Oracle staff. Do I know Kim Hicks? Is he the guy that made the... Man, the thing with the mirrors. Can you hold up those pictures? Oh, yeah. He is. Oh, you, Kim Hicks. I I used to MC oh, yeah. the um, Goddess Festival in Laguna, wow. and Kim Hicks. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I did some cool. MCing for uh, Yamini. Yamini. Yeah, that's right. Did the Goddess and, Festival. And this is his artwork as well. Mm-hmm. Artwork. And so. Kim was also my uh, one of my booth builders. Mm-hmm. He designed Great my. Guy. Some one of my booths, some of my booths stuff at Sawdust. I love how small of a world it really is. And he has yes. a radio show in, in, in Hawaii that he does, a, a, an awareness show as well. So we might be able to send this over there. Wow, yeah. tie it all in. And you know, as, as I was hearing you read that, and I'm picturing possibly our listeners or anybody in the con, you know, just listening uh, to this podcast almost rolling their eyes as they're reading this high ideology. It's like, oh my gosh, that is just pipe dream. The friction that we are feeling watching the political storm go down, um, people just taking sides, social media seems to be fueling this 50% are gung-ho one way and 50% are at the 180 degree opposite of it. But but the mission statement is no less true and viable today than it was then and is more important today than it was then because we have reached critical mass in so many ways whether it's population uh, resources technology if we don't keep our consciousness in stride and intact with where we're going technologically we are in trouble so listener if you just listen to that mission statement in the oracle and go oh that's just a bunch of 60s airy fairy gobbledygook it is not it is the foundation of what we are as human beings on this planet if we're going to live another let's forget 
a million years or, you know, which would still be a blip in the eye of the history on this planet, the next 500,000 years, if we're going to make it the next 500,000 years, we're going to have to drop into community consciousness or our chapter will be done. And it's no hard feelings from the universe or nature or God. We are creatures of free will and choice. We are not creatures that can uh, uh, circumvent the consequences of our choices. Yes, you can make choice, but you are not free from the consequences of the choices you make. So if we do not start taking seriously this community-minded consciousness, unity and community, stewardship of our planet, um, there, there isn't hard feelings from the universe. It's just going, all right, you've made your choice, and here's what the consequence looks like. And we are in critical mass, I believe. Let's go ahead and break for another song right now. Uh, oh, can you hear it coming? Can you guess? You, you know what that song is yet, oh, Michelle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everyone knows this song. Everybody knows this song. Thank you for listening to Awakening Code Radio. We will be right back. This is filmmaker Greg McGillivray, and you're listening to Awakening Code Radio. All right, thanks for tuning into Awakening Code Radio. We're having a great conversation with Greg Thorne, Star Shields, two people that were here in Laguna Canyon, where we broadcast from, Laguna Beach, Southern California, one of the beautiful, most beautiful stretches of beach there is, I think, anywhere in California, maybe second to Big Sur, but absolutely 
a beautiful stretch of beach, unique that the mountains tumble down and create these coves. Uh, we have really clear water, lots of kelp. It, it, it's a special place. So if you have the opportunity, come visit Laguna Beach and you will see the magic that brought these guys here and kept them here. And the vibe of the place, it, it drew so many artists. It started as an artist colony in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and is today. So as we were closing out the last bit of our conversation, you reading from the Oracle there, Star, and we talked about sort of the woo factor. You know, we don't even call it woo-woo anymore. Joe Rogan on his podcast says just woo. Yeah. And we all know what we're talking about now. So let's just call it the woo factor. And we don't want to dismiss these mission statements or these feelings as woo. There's bright minds. Einstein, you know, said the, the minute that people just decide to put their, not shoot their guns, put them down, is the minute peace comes. Or yeah. Buckminster Fuller, a huge, you're sitting in my apartment looking at all this geometry. Buckminster okay. Fuller is a, is a huge hero of mine. And he said, if we could just invest a portion of the money that we put into war and make our industry peace, you know, prosperity, where people had their homes but not shift anything other than where the money flows to instead of the war machine that it could flow to a peace machine. And, it, and that is not a woo statement. That was one of the brightest minds of the 20th century realizing a vision where you could just change the industry. Everybody stays working. The government is still there. People are paying their taxes. It's just not building ways to kill people. It's building ways to sustain life. Greg? You got something to say to that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, what would I say to that? I, I think I'd give a warning to young people. Um, watch media. Watch popular culture. Watch out for the messages that you're being sold. Watch out for the fear factor that makes war a... Uh, a very profitable thing. When you are taught uh, by media, taught by the public, taught by ignorance to fear other people, that's how wars occur. Um, we need to grow up. We need to become human beings. We need to simplify our lives. We need to really become educated so when someone is selling us fear, when someone is selling us war, we have to have the wherewithal, the smarts, the spiritual centeredness as a, as a sovereign individual human being to say, ah, the emperor is wearing no clothes. Um, you have to be very brave. You have to balance your male with your female. Mm -hmm. You have to get that in balance and listen to the earth. Let her talk to you and let her help you make decisions. Uh, please look at your culture. Stand apart from it for a while. That's what the Brotherhood helped me do. I, got, I could remove myself not only from my culture, but even from this image called Greg Thorne. That's all very fun and frivolous and everything, but uh, you know, sometimes you have to get out of that a little bit and look at the world as an atomic speck. And this speck says, watch out, uh, young people. Please don't be sold, don't buy into, don't help create the fear products that you're being told to create. Stop it, walk away from it, drop out. Don't do that. Monsanto, it can be in a museum. 
okay? Create the Monsanto Museum of how we don't have a monoculture ruin the world for money. That's my message. Mm. Thank you, young people. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, well. That was great. You know, and when we talk about this, I was watching, I think it was a show called Inner Worlds, Outer Worlds. It was on Gaia TV. And in this show, they were just talking about, we're not in a crisis of population. We're not in a crisis of pollution. We are in a crisis of consciousness. That is, and this was a physicist talking about this. We are in a crisis of consciousness. So you think, okay, we talk about expanding consciousness on the show a lot, but what are we really talking about? What is the consciousness that is going to turn the ship around? Well, the consciousness that got us here into troubling times is separation consciousness. It is that there is an us versus them. There's a me versus you. I am not a part of the whole thing. Nobody is. Everything is separate. And it seems almost like the earliest Bible stories are kind of telling us that, that we somehow felt that we were removed from the creation story, that we didn't belong, that we don't um, deserve. You know, we're lowly creatures that don't deserve. That is not what this whole story is, why we're doing this show. Unity consciousness is the thing that flips the whole picture, flips the paradigm, is that you feel so completely that you are connected not just to the people in your life, but to the animals, to the environment, to the planet, to the universe, and everything you do has a ripple effect. And listener, you know, trust me, when we say this, you know the actions that you do daily that are supporting separate consciousness, where you feel angry, where you feel judgmental, where you're not going to forgive, where you're going to do anything you want to the planet because, oh, it doesn't matter what I do. And you know the things that feel like unity consciousness, that supports, uplifts the people. And that's what we're talking about, is the two types of consciousness, separate versus unity. That's perfectly put. And as I'm sitting here looking at the Oracle magazine and listening to these great thoughts on on unity consciousness and where we're going I look down and see that in the Oracle magazine there's a poem written by a friend of mine called Paradise on Earth oh. Jesse Silveria oh, yeah. and then it's next to Letty Styles artist oh, my, she's right. another really good friend yeah. of mine absolutely and this is how the universe conspires to get us to 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 read these things and to do these things but I, I haven't seen Jesse or Letty this year, ha ha ha, because it's 2019. It just started, <laughs> only seven days old. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Um, but I want to read her poem because, as you were both Beautiful. speaking to this, the poem fits right in. It's called "Paradise on Earth." Yes. Paradise. Anyone here can tell you. Paradise. Anyone here can show you. Paradise. Anyone here can help create paradise on Earth. Now we all know how far we've drifted from the sun, the forces. The forces knew how to keep us in the dark, but the light comes. The light comes down upon us. It's the time now for the light to shine the brightest. Paradise. Anyone here can help create paradise on earth. Now look at the land. What have we done to the glorious land? Will it ever, can it ever forgive us? the damage we've done, the beauty. Let us enhance the beauty from the mountains high to the ocean depths. Paradise. Anyone here can help create paradise on earth. 
Now all of you people, awaken your hearts to the truth. Resolve the anger and let go of your fears. And listen, be still. Hear the calling of your truer self. It's the calling from your soul. It's the calling leading you into divine love. It's the calling leading you into divine love. Paradise. Anyone here can help create paradise on earth. Wow. And that was from Letty? Jesse. Oh, Jesse. Jesse Silveria. Yes, she's a beautiful woman. Letty and Jesse both came with me on my Venus Transit Mount Shasta trip (laughs) in 2012. It was June of 2012 where we all went to Mount Shasta. Did an amazing trip there, and she was the photographer that that came. So I just happened to look down and see it and thought, she's a poetess, a songwriter, an amazing being. And um, I love that it's next to Letty Styles' art because Letty's an incredible artist. She is. Yeah. So so look at that, the oracle. And isn't it the year for the oracle to speak again? Well, we hope so. uh, These first uh, two issues... In 40 years has been a labor of love a bit costly and I haven't re- retrieved it yet, all, all of everything back but we'd like to do a third issue and, 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 and give them away really mm-hmm. that's what we need we just need need some some sponsorship but uh, other than that we need uh, a ten thousand dollar donor Right here, ten thousand dollars. Yes, <laughs> we're taking. Yeah, Eric, Eric and I, Eric and I in 20, 2018 actually won. What was it? The KX Takeover. Oh, yeah. We oh. for to stay on the air at KX ninety three five. We are community sponsored, and so we have these fundraising go. drives. And Eric and I, I said, I Hold feel like Michelle, I just got a call. Ten dollars. <laughs> we're ten dollars towards. We only owe nine hundred and ninety thousand dollars. $10 towards that. Hey, like we're moving the right direction. <laughs> that was it. We were like the Jerry Lewis telethon, yeah. and it was so fun. We were running papers back and forth with our fan base, our our, our really dedicated and loyal listeners called in and gave gave um, gave their donations. We'll do it again. I'm sure it's coming up again, what, well, probably we have, we have in the spring. We a premium available. Both oracles are available as a premium. So how do people find it? How do people find it? Yeah. Uh, Through your show or directly to me at at my email. Which which is? is, uh, (laughs) Starmanair at gmail.com. Starmanair. A-I-R. Starmanair at gmail.com is looking for sponsors so that he can create another one of these amazing Oracle magazines. And they're filled with art and consciousness-raising material in the in these magazines. I I mean, this is yes, inspiration. It's beauty. This really does feel like having you here feels like we really are. We talk about it. We've talked about it before. I've said this is the new Renaissance. This is the time where we bring art and music and our our unity consciousness. Um, thoughts and feelings back into play and that's what that's what the renaissance is all about it's not just about 
preaching. It's about playing. It's about living. It's about living in the moment, living in the now. Nothing has to be so heavy that we can't rise above it with joy and and uh, yeah. love for each other and t- right. healthy touch. I like to say healthy. I've been rubbing his back over here, yeah, giving him a little back rub. Yeah, <laughs> just healthy touch. I think we need yeah. to bring that back on the planet so that we realize, <laughs> you want some healthy touch over there? Yeah. <laughs> I'll scratch never gonna, your back. Never gonna. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Oh, gosh, what a, what a joy and an honor to be here and do this. Yeah, and and, you know, we're just talking about this, um, it, putting the words in action, because preaching, we've also shifted where people, uh, I think social media, for all the wonder was things that it's done in connecting us. And uh, we probably don't even know the full power we're seeing in France now with the Yellow Vest movement. I mean, you get the masses together and you truly are talking about making sea wave changes. But it is not about the preaching. It is not about just the words and telling somebody else what they should be doing. This Every invitation is about you walking your talk. One, yes. get, get, your, mm-hmm. get your talk down. It's important. But then the ministry is not done through the words. The, sure. the ministry is done through your action, how you're living your life. And we are all ministers. You don't have to be ordained as anything, but you are a minister. And people are learning something from you every single day. They're either learning what they don't want to be like. So take that very seriously. The people are learning something from you. Are they what, are they wanting to emulate some of your behaviors? Are they holding you up high in their esteem and going, wow, that person's got it together. I want to do, they're inspiring me. I love being inspired by people doing great works. Or are you being the example of like, well, there's what I don't want to be. <laughs> Trust me, one way or another, you are having an impact on other people in your thoughts, in your words, but especially your actions. Now more than ever, it is not so much about sitting at your computer and ranting and raving, you know, just letting your opinions fly. Those come and go. And now that everybody can do that, they mean less and less and less. What is going to matter more is how you're actually doing your life. We, we need to be humans doing. We've talked about that in a negative way. You know, we need to be being. Yes, we need to be humans being, being aware, being a, 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 awake in, in, in our consciousness. But after that, you need to do you need to put an act. Let's go ahead and take another song break. Can we be human beamings? Yeah, you, you're always beaming. All right, here's our next song. Uh, I love this song from the 60s. This is kind of in, seems to encapsulate everything we've talked about. I just love it. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Awakening Code Radio.
Stacy Pendleton, singer-songwriter, sound healer, and you're listening to Awakening Code Radio on KX93.5. We're back. So we've been talking about, and we were just reading from the Oracle. And, you know, the, the thing, when we think of, like, the Woodstock Festival, what you see, half a million people, and you think, oh, there's just a bunch of hippies and a bunch of music. And then we even mentioned the Laguna Festival, the Christmas what was it called? Happening. It's just a, Christmas happening, and it was something big festival. You think about these gatherings, music, and what, but there were a lot of uh, people, scholars, that were drawn to this movement. Mm-hmm. And so I was just watching, watching recently a whole hour long special about Buckminster Fuller. Buckminster Fuller had such visions of building homes that were affordable, transportable. He was thinking big scale where everybody deserved to live in a home. Um, Alan Watts, who a lot of people know, yeah. um, Timothy Leary, people that were, you know, from Harvard, head of the, the psychology department at Harvard. Mm-hmm. This movement was attracting the brightest minds of the day. And Buckminster Fuller loved, he was wearing his, his suit and his tie, but he was just surrounded by eager, let's quote unquote, hippies, long haired people, but he just loved the enthusiasm and he loved that this was a moment of merging, you know, high-minded science, physics, it's psychology, all engineering into sustainability, into supporting this movement that we're talking about. This wasn't a bunch of flyaway hippies in the woo factor. This was people believing that this is truly a moment. Mm-hmm. And these people from the tops, tops of their game. I mean, the people that we still talk about their names, Buckminster Fuller and whatnot, they had a huge impact on why this impact or why this movement is still echoing and reverberating. And for two people like you, still kind of what you're living. And um, so let's just talk about that a little bit of not getting out of the, the stereotype of the hippie and getting into what drew 
these people, these scholars, these the people that were at the top of their game into the movement? Well, I mean, a lot of us read what we were forbidden to read. That was the first step. Um, you shouldn't read Malcolm X, read it. You know, you shouldn't read Eldridge Cleaver, read it. Um, you shouldn't, you know, pay attention to Timothy Leary, paid attention. Um, <laughs> you shouldn't listen to, you know, uh, Indians. Uh, I listened. Um, you shouldn't try to uh, escape your society. I escaped. You know, that turn on, tune in, and drop out. And I did all that. And um, I helped then create another world. The Brotherhood did. The Indians that I spent time with, thank God, uh, did. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit, because that became sort of the, the, the calling card, the tune in, turn on, turn on, tune in, drop out of Timothy Leary. And people took that to just mean, see, I told you, it's just a bunch of kids that just want to um, completely ignore responsibility and are saying, don't go to school, don't get smart. And that's not what Timothy Leary was no, saying. No. So let's, let's hear it how you heard it. Well, I mean, when you start tearing down walls, you're then able to combine different sources of information uh, and different cultural messages into a new reality. I think that's what Buckminster Fuller was talking about. Um, a key uh, person I read that I was warned not to read was Alan Watts, of course, Zen Buddhism. Uh, that offended my right-wing father greatly. Uh, he had, you know, fought Buddhists in World War II, but nonetheless, you know... Um, I, I read all that and, and experienced all that, and it made a difference. And again, getting back to becoming a world citizen with an expanded mind. I've read a lot of Greek and Roman history. I've read a lot of, of, of different material. I'm interested in growing and learning and walking in someone else's shoes and trying to understand them more and in that process understand myself more and, and where I fit in. And I try to inspire a new generation to read, travel, and be kind, you know? That's my religion. Um, be kind. That's my religion. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And this, we started this conversation because during the, the song break, Star, you were reading from the Oracle and you were telling us about the, of course, while Woodstock was happening, that was 69, the, the grandfather of all these festivals. But at the same time, what was the festival you were talking about? The Love oh, Jam? Holy, holy, holy Jam. The Holy Man Jam. Holy Man Jam. So tell us about what the Holy Man Jam was and how it was different from just the music festivals. Well, the Holy Man Jam was, was just a, a, a originally in San Francisco with Steve Gaskin in the farm community. They ran out a, a big place in San Francisco and, and about 200 or 300 or 400 people would come there and they'd all own to uh, chant simultaneously. Then Alan Watts would speak for, for 20 minutes, and then there'd be a rock and roll band like, like Santana play, and then another poet would speak, and then Timothy Leary would talk, and they had these on a weekly basis for, for, for a couple of years. And I, I was privileged to, to go to one of them. And being an oracle person from the LA Oracle, I, I brought Don to, to our Aquarian Oracle crew and said, hey, we need to put on a Holy Man Jam. So we put on one, a one-day thing in Elysian Park, and we invited different spiritual groups, uh, the Krishnas and the Yogi Bhajans, 3HO people, the Sikhs, and, and Satchananda's people, and vegetarian speakers, and, and we had good bands play, and some of the local LA, LA bands came there. And uh, 
it was just really a, a, a new experience. And it was, it was like taking the, the love-in idea and, and making it, evolving it. And now today, uh, uh, in, in the past 10 or you know, almost 20 years now, the same energy is, is transposed into the electronic dance music festivals. They're not all just raves and everybody get, get stoned get, and get crazy. They're, they all have something in common, and that is they have villages where there is yoga, there is uh, discussions about, about permaculture and, and rightful living, and it's just like the Oracle's vision being manifest live still today. Wow. I did a show when Eric was at Burning Man uh, a couple years ago called Conscious Music, Conscious Festivals Change the World. Conscious Festivals are Changing the World or something like this. And we see a revival of that happening now. There's something that um, I just met the founder, Adrian, I think it's Valera, of Disclosure Fest. And Disclosure Fest, he puts it on in L.A. He just did one in Washington, D.C., But one of the things that he told me, he he said, do you know about everything else we're doing? They're doing mass meditations where they're getting massive groups of people to all have the, hold the same intention and meditate on that principle. That sounds like what was happening at some of these festivals. And then I said, Adrian, that's why I'm so excited. So they're pulling in from different communities. Disclosure Fest has to do with the UFO community and wanting full disclosure from our government about our star brothers and sisters. This is a cosmic dance we're doing right now. What we're doing here on earth affects our cosmic brothers and sisters. And so they're, they're, he's holding these disclosure fests, but with a very specific purpose of doing mass meditations. And then there, he's got a whole nother arm that um, helps the homeless and, um, you know, feeds feeds people and so I I'm really excited because I'm gonna he I did talk to him about being on the show as well I'm inspired by these people who are doing these types of festivals conferences sitting in a room with a bunch of people just talking at you isn't doing it for people anymore we want to be in nature we want to have music that inspires us and uplifts us and we want to be able to dance our prayers and get get that energy moving through our bodies so that it's making ripples into the universe the multiverses so we have another friend who does and he's doing it this year at garth's boulder gardens um harlan's doing his what is his Portal, Portal to Ascension. Mm-hmm. Portal to Ascension, I think. Is that what he calls it? Yeah. Um, he does a festival out in out near Joshua Tree, near Pioneer Town. And same, permaculture, sustainability, talking about, you know, don't building dome homes and earth bag homes. And it's it's a way that's I think moving a lot of the younger generation. I love thinking about now they call it what, Generation Z? It's millennials we're out, to now. We're out of letters. Generation Z or something. <laughs> but one of the things that <laughs> I heard over. was some of the kids today, like you were talking about at these EDM festivals and stuff like this, some of the kids today are actually, rather than doing, Let, yeah, let's have beers and do tequila shots, they're drinking kombucha and they're they're eating vegetarian or eating vegan and they're realizing that what they're putting in their body is having an effect on their outer <clears throat> experience so it's it's really good to see that younger generation is starting to embrace the feeling of oneness and knowing that 
it's unity consciousness that's going to get us to the next level. We have to realize that coming into that is getting us to that next phase. And we're there. We're just having this conversation is doing that. Yeah, and we can't deny that um, psychedelics have made a sort of a swing back around. Um, but they are, I think, and from my experience, people are using them like sacraments. People are going on ayahuasca journeys. They're doing psilocybin mushroom sessions, but they're doing them in a very reverent way. They're not. It's not for partying. It's right. you know the, the, even some. some. Well, there's always going to be some. Yeah. But there are these you know substances we've talked about on the show. We're not endorsing or not endorsing either way. But we are saying that a lot of the youth culture, while they might be experimenting with drugs, they're and. I don't even like the word drug. I, you know, there's yeah. these these are things that grew out of the ground that you can just ingest. You sacrament can eat them. Is a real sacrament thing. is a real thing, mm -hmm. but they're doing it for the purpose of kind of piercing the veil, seeing beyond. We're going to have an artist on, I think, next week of the paints. These incredible um, two weeks, two weeks away. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, two weeks away because we're going to the RTR next week. Is the Rubber Tramp Rendezvous? We're talking about van lifers and people living off the grid a lot in their their vehicles. Um, we'll be out in, in Arizona doing another uh, remote feed. Oh, wow. <laughs> Without Colleen, I don't Without know Colleen, how that's go. Good, that's yeah, Colleen can you go? Can yeah. you bring your car? But anyway, I, I mean, uh, we can't remove ourselves from the fact that people are still um, ingesting these substances, but they're doing it in a very purposeful way. Well, we hope um, so, yeah. That's part of the message we need to, we need to put out there is that it, it, for any first-timers, don't just take it and go, oh, I'm going to go do it. You have to do some research, find out what it does, talk to people that have done it, and, and if possible, have a guide that's not going to lead you in a wrong direction, but to take you and guide you through it. I, oh, love, I love that, that, that Ron. too high, you go, oh, what's, yeah. I can't have, what's happening, what's happening? Yeah. Calm down here, smell this, mm -hmm. take, taste this. Okay, Calm down, everything's good. Just, just be calm, just breathe. Right. Well, there's groups. We have friends that, you know, either lead, like, um, it's not Palo Santo, it's Palo Santo, we're not going to mention the, any names. Mm -hmm. We have people that we know mm -hmm. that do gatherings of people that are consciously gathered to be opened up, to drop into a deep spiritual meditation. San Pedro, that's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> but, and then there's Iowa Scaros, there's people that are doing it now here in the United States. You don't have to go to Peru to do it. Um, but it is. It's not an experience you take lightly. Any of right. any of these things. These are um, kind of committed experiences. Well, and we we've also done a show called Spiritual Predators, mm -hmm. and so oh. we want to make sure mm -hmm. that you know I don't want to lead any of our listeners into something that they're they're feeling like they have to join something cultish. because it's cultish and they need to join it, and so. I think a key word around this is discernment mm. and really going into your own discernment meter, your own internal compass that says, if this is something I want to embrace, to find the right people to help you with it. And Star, you, you, I'm so glad you brought up that point. When Ronnie was on the show, he said the same thing. We talked about how when the Brotherhood was doing some of these um what, what, what these gatherings that they were doing, where they were leading people on acid trips with Orange Sunshine, they were very clear that they were um, they were holding a certain vibration for the people that were that were going in to do this. Because if you're going to have an out of body mm -hmm. experience, 
you want to be in a safe container. You want to be held. You want to know that it's not going to be it's not going to be a scary thing. And so Ronnie spent a lot of time talking about that when he was on the show, that this was, he takes it very seriously. And And that's the point we want to make in the show. We're not talking about that you need to do psychedelics to open yourself up to a deeper spiritual awareness. We're talking about the people that do Mm -hmm. and the people that are doing it um, for, in a very reverent way. Mm -hmm. Um, People that are still doing it. People that, whether they started in the 60s and are doing it, and a lot of the people, the Brotherhood, that we met um, at Ronnie's book signing. Mm -hmm. There are people that from the 60s started using psychedelics and are using them today um, and are bright-eyed. I mean, now there are people in their 70s and these are the like the (laughs) healthy-looking... They're not the burnouts. They're not the people like, oh my God, what what does it look like when someone who's done uh, mushrooms or LSD or something their whole Mm -hmm. life... I, I was amazed at how many people over 70s were at that book signing and just the clearest eyed. And looked like they were in their 40s or 50s, yeah. like these two uh, here. They, again, it sounds like we're endorsing <laughs> something and we're not talking about it doing a, you know, oh, a drug show. No. Yeah. <laughs> but we are talking about that there are sacrament, yeah. or sacramental issues and we can't talk about the summer of love. We can't talk about the 67, 68, 69, that cultural movement was the engine that was driving so much of it was psychedelics. It was opening people up to receive uh, a message that we want to, that we're always talking about on our show every single week. It's, we, it's why we call our show Conversation to Raise the Vibration. But for some people, they access that and hold that vibration and, and move forward by doing that. So let's take our last song break and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Awakening Code Radio. When the truth is found to be
Hello, this is Michael Tillinger from South Africa, founder of the Ubuntu Movement, and you're listening to Awakening Code Radio. So we were in our last 15 minutes or so of the show. We've had an amazing conversation with two people that I just I've seen for years. Um, I've going, been going to the Sawdust Festival since I was a kid, but I think, Greg, I became aware of you probably, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, this looming figure in a kilt walking around looking like he's ready to <laughs> chop people's heads off with a, his huge sword. I use my words. <laughs> you know, yeah, when, and that's well, I can attest to that. I, I mean, I remember meeting you, I don't know, many years ago, loving your jewelry because I'm very involved with a lot of indigenous um, indigenous people that are bringing back the information that I think the world needs to hear. And, yeah. and, and the Native Americans, the First Nation people, I... Um, really know what it's about. They know. They know. Um, they have the earth wisdom, and that's what we're, you know, moving towards and getting back to. But I saw your style of jewelry, and I and I thought, oh my gosh, it's so. And I know we use the word Navajo, and the Navajo people really like to be called their original name, the Diné, right? Diné. So Diné in in Arizona, and I have many Diné friends. And when I saw your jewelry, I knew right away it had that it had that feel to it. One of the things I was thinking is I want some Wonder Woman cuffs. Like he uses a lot of turquoise, a lot of big pieces, those Wonder Woman cuffs. But I came over and I was looking at your jewelry and we had a nice conversation. But the thing that struck me the most about you, and I walked away, I think I told you this, Eric. I said, that guy is wicked smart. In addition to having a very beautiful heart. Mm-hmm. You're very well read, and we started talking about books, and you're you're very knowledgeable about a lot of things. Today, I was listening to a podcast from one of our past radio um, show guests, Elizabeth April. She's another young one, 24 years old, 26 years old, I guess, changing the world. She is on fire. And on her podcast, she asked a simple question, and she said she wanted to know what her listener's definition of enlightenment was. And then she said, I'm going to give you my definition of enlightenment. And her definition was when we, when we become self-realized to understand we're all one, to understand the oneness. It was very simple. And I thought, oh, she's got it. She totally got it. She's on it. And then she talked about two ways to getting to enlightenment or the awakening. She even called it the awakening. And she said, one is knowledge, the path of knowledge, and the other is the path of love or the heart she thinks the path of knowledge is the faster way the elevator the 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 quickest way to get there and the heart is more like the the snail's pace the slower way the weaving and winding and loving but what i love that she said was that it's both of them together they get us there and and i really think that's what this is about bring up what is an oracle an oracle is a wisdom teacher i don't know the exact definition of what oracle is but i but but oracles you know held the ancient knowledge the the mystery schools or um bringing back the the oracles and it seems like because i am so tied in on social media it seems like there is this wave right now happening of many people standing up, rising up, and becoming, letting their inner oracle out, sharing the wisdom of the past to get us to the future. And Elizabeth was talking today about time 
you know, linear time is the time of no time. We, we, we got to get out of linear time and come back to the time of no time. That's where the magic is. And, and let's do this. Like that, like your article said, let's do this. I'm really excited for this year. And, and that's why it was so important to me that when we ran into you both at the, at the, Ronnie's uh, book, signing. book signing party for Brotherhood Hashish. I can't get it out there enough. I'm totally yeah. shamelessly <laughs> plugging our friend um, <laughs> because he he he's on it. He's on it, and uh, it really felt like when I I approached both of you that night and said January eighth, can you be on our mm-hmm. on our show? And you didn't really know what, what our whole thing was. You know, I think both of you got to really feel what Eric and I do, and and that. We were so um, so excited to have both of you start this show off because this is setting the, the tempo. It's setting the vibe for 2019. And I think this is going to be a year filled with miracles. Thank you both so much for, for coming and sharing your wisdom and your hearts. Yeah, absolutely. And, and start, let's talk about what you do at the Sawdust Festival because um, it's very interesting. You, well, we'll talk about your airbrush work because I know you have painted clothing or designed clothing stuff for some of the biggest rock uh, musicians in the 60s, 70s. Tell right. us a little bit about what you've done, or for who. Oh, for who? And back in 1973, when we had the Sawdust Festivals, Spaceship booth with the Rainbow Kids, that's the, the years that we were doing rock star shirts for their tours. He wants you to shamelessly name drop. Yes. <laughs> no, well, Toby, Toby Roberts was, was, was the, uh, I guess, the guy that booked the, the, uh, the Starship, which is that airplane that Led Zeppelin made into a, a luxury flying hotel, mm-hmm. right? With pool tables and a recording studio and all, all, mm-hmm. all, tables all, all kinds plane. of stuff. In a plane. I can't even imagine. <laughs> and uh, uh, so whenever any band was in, was on the, on the ship, I said, okay. <clears throat> Led Zeppelin's coming, take some shirts. So we crank up in our studio in, in, in the canyon, <coughs> Led Zeppelin songs, and we just we made started making stencils and just did it. We ended up doing a, a, a some tour shirts for Robert Plant and Jimmy Page, and then we did some custom stuff for Jimmy Page, some cowboy shirts, which are well publicized. So there's pictures of it everywhere. And then we got uh, into... Uh, <coughs> Deep Purple, the Almond Brothers, uh, Bob Dylan tour. Uh, a lot of these people we met, some we didn't, but, but that was really fun. And then later, uh, Rainbow Island group got into Paul McCartney. I met him in Hawaii, and we did a, a white party where, where everyone wore white, and you know, we painted their, their, their shirts and whatever white they were wearing. And that was way before I was doing body art. Body art came later, like in 1979. Start doing body art. So yeah, we had, I, I have a colorful history. And, and, and I don't. I think it was on the break that you were sharing with us who taught you yoga. Oh yeah, the, was uh, it on the it was, break? Well, it was. It was. Well, first it, 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 I, I, I followed a, a subject, uh, Yogananda's meditation methods and his exercises, and I learned a little yoga there. But I learned yoga from Swami Satchidananda, which is half a yoga. And that changed my life. And he was really a, a, a very, very much of a holy man. He, he didn't have any pretense. He had no ego. He was really just down to earth person. You know, that was pretty amazing. He didn't want to be the guru, right? Mm-hmm. But he, I mean, he, he literally took the 
the title of guru, but mm-hmm. he always said, "I'm just, a, I'm just a man. Don't worship me as, as like, you know, something different than, than what you have within you. Mm-hmm. We're all one." And I, I learned a, a lot of different things because back in the Oracle days, we always, we never really followed one path. We kind of were like a rainbow. Where I, I listened to, to transcendental meditation, and I, we do Kundalini yoga and Hatha yoga, and just trying all of the different things. I, I did like Tai Chi with, with Jafu Feng, which is one of the, the early uh, Tai Chi masters. I just, I had, had you know, amazing things happen. And you just let your you let your spirit go and soar and, and, and try to follow your dream. And that's what we want to motivate. You know, we want to inspire people. But that's the whole purpose of our show. I mean, we do every week. It gets to be a little bit of a grind to come up with a new guest every week. Six years. That's over three hundred. You know, shows and guests that we've had to arrange and everything else. But it, we both feel it's just so important. That through people like you, both of you, artists, musicians, uh, we've had physicists and <clears throat> ministers and musicians and, I mean, authors. Psychics. Pe- yeah, yeah, just people that are contributing in their own way because this is not a singular path. We're talking about the expansion, the connectivity, the honoring of so many people's ideas of what this awakening is. The umbrella over all of it is connectivity, the honoring, the collective, the community. Not thinking, I figured it out and you didn't. I'm better than you. I've got more than you. We have to think past that if we're going to make it, like you said, the next 500 years, 1,000 years. We have to truly believe in this unity consciousness is no longer woo. We can't put it off into the shelf of, okay, I got real life stuff I got to take care of now. I got my job and I got my car and I got the kids and I got the school and I got the, you know, the loan payments and everything else. We have to factor in this thing that we've wanted to call the just the fringe. And even our religion has become a little fringe. We go to church on Sunday and like we get a dose. We don't want a little dose. It needs to permeate our being. That's what this shift to this Aquarian age is, is this spiritual awareness, this moment of awakening, this true feeling of connected connectivity is something that motivates us every day, that we feel we're connected to the mission, the purpose, the statement of going out there and be these ministers, um, good stewards of the planet, supporting our brothers and sisters. That is the only thing that is going to get us. It's not woo. It's the reality of what is going to get us next hundred, five hundred thousand, hopefully into the millions of years. And let's have fun doing it. And let's have fun, absolutely. (laughs) Here's two people, our guests, uh, our guys that are having fun doing it above all else. Right on Greg, you want, yeah. Follow Divine Flow. Hit us with some, uh, a parting word there. Well, I know, I'd like to do some name dropping. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Santo Domingo Pueblo, Apache, Navajo, Diné, mm-hmm. uh, Mojave, uh, okay. Southern Cheyenne, Lakota. Those people all spent time with me and taught me a beautiful spirituality and humility that was the next stepping stone that the Brotherhood gave me. And I wish to thank every one of those people, departed or still here, for everything you ever gave to me. And I'm so thankful for it. And I, we just, Keilani and I just returned from a 2,000 mile drive through Indian country. And uh, we visited all our longtime friends. 
and they're part of this too. And young people, if you're still listening, if you're still up, um, go out there, find an elder, let them give you the sense of community and inclusion and simple earth and beauty and spirituality that they gave me. They're still there and they're waiting for you to teach the Biligaana, the white man, the Bahana, the white man, the Hands and Pockets clan, the white man, something special. And they did it for me and I just want to thank them from the bottom of my heart as I would the Brotherhood and me. You all know who you are and some of you are gone too. Greg's, uh, thank you for everything you did for us, and thank you to every hippie that ever held a flower in a gun. Thank you, you beautiful people. Let's see it happen again. Let's do this. Oh, and absolutely. And you know, the gratitude, we, we mentioned that on many other shows, but gratitude is the, where the rubber meets the road. You know, it, the, the fuel that, that makes this whole engine go is gratitude that you're so grateful yeah. for this earth experience that did he we're... make you cry no almost yeah i see yeah. he has a little twinkling of and he cries sometimes no, that I, was we very both touching yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. 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 yeah yeah no good and, good. and and you know we just talked about She's this gratitude that um listener if you just think you have nothing to be gratitude we had uh, kelly sullivan walden she was a great speaker she's dr dream and um she just said, in the moments when everything is falling apart, that's the moment I know I have to say, what is going right? So if it just doesn't feel like anything's going right in your life, maybe it's just that you're breathing, you know, mm -hmm. that you've got someone, a person that you love or loves you or whatever it is, you build from there. You don't build from a void. You build from the gratitude. If you want more gratitude, joy, you have to build from that. You don't build from the void of, I don't have that. You don't build from lack. You build from what you're acknowledging. So it's with gratitude that I thank both of you guys for being here tonight. Um, it was it was a really great show. It was a great show to start 2019 with of, of defining the mission. Thank you for listening to me. And I keep hearing the words. I keep hearing the words to the song. You've got to get up every morning, put a smile in your heart, and show the world all the love in your heart. Is that how it goes? Carol King. Yeah. Come on, people now. No, not that one. We played that one earlier, don't you remember? <laughs> I hope so. We just saw it a month ago. Put a smile on your face and show the world all the love in your heart. People going to treat you better. better They're yes. going to find, yes, they will, that That's you're Carol beautiful. Yeah. You're beautiful as you feel. feel. Yes. Yeah. There we are. I'm feeling beautiful. Uh, you're looking beautiful. Thanks so much, Star. <laughs> thank you very much. Greg, Ian, Kelly Iron, thank you. Colleen, thank you as always. Thank you, Colleen. Admin Colleen, the best. Really the best. The best. Show that She's star. She's really pretty. Yes. I'm showing the magic time, 11 11 right there. 11 11 tattoo. <laughs> and listener, thank you. We wouldn't be doing the show if you weren't listening. And so be patient you. with us next week because we're going to be do we're we're expanding we're expanding out of our comfort zones right now because we're not we're not going to be in the studio next week either. We're traveling, but we're going to try to bring you a show. It may not be as 
professional as what Colleen the is wife. doing. We're yeah, going to do uh, the best we can out of court site. The rubber tramp rendezvous. There's like five, 6,000 people rubber that go to this Rubber tramp rendezvous. Now. It's, it's yeah. kind of a little festival-ish. Oh a like, little bit. Yeah, good. Little under people, down there. people living in their stealth campers. And then, and then after right. that, on the 22nd, I think I just booked, right before we went into this show, I think I just booked an incredible young woman artist named Callie Fink that I posted on my Facebook today. When I showed it to, when I showed it to our guests tonight, they both went, oh my gosh, she's an oracle artist. Yeah. So she right. agreed to be on the show with us. I think that'll be on the 22nd, but oh. tune in next week. We're going to be live from some random location. Somewhere. Maybe. And we'll take the, the show out with Carol King, beautiful, from her Tapestry album. Thank Thanks you. so much. We'll see you next week. You got to get up every morning with a smile on your face and show the world all the love in your then people gonna treat you better You're gonna find, yes you will That you're beautiful As you feel Waiting at the station With a workday window blowing I've got nothing to do But watch the passers-by Frustration growing and they don't see it showing Why do I? You got to get up every morning With a smile on your face and show the world All the love in your heart Then people gonna treat you better You're gonna find, yes you will That you're beautiful Hello, this is Monique Hemingway, psychic, medium, channel, and healer, and it's been my pleasure to be with you here on Awakening Code Radio.
Hi, this is Kevin Fitzgerald, author of A Dialogue with Jesus, and you are listening to Awakening Code Radio on KX93.5.
This is Yolanda Curtis. I'm an artist, empath, and a fashion designer, and you're listening to Awakening Code Radio. Must have a code that you can live by, and so become yourself. Because the past is just a goodbye. Teach your children well. Their father's hell did slowly go by. Them on your dreams, the one they picked, the one you know by. Don't you ever ask them why, if they told you you would cry, so just look at them and sigh, and know they This is Admin Colleen, and you're listening to Awakening Code Radio. You can find Awakening Code Radio on iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And free podcasts are always available at kx93.5.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.